0: In case you missed it, the SECURE Act 2.0 was signed into law amidst the holiday season. Coming up on today's show, we'll cover the impact for retirees of the past, present, and future. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Hughes.
1: Welcome to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton. And uh, for Dual Financial Strategies, we have in studio Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, as uh, we uh, turn the calendar to 2023. And, of course, this is your retirement for the Fox Valley. And uh, remember, their number is 866-203-7486. And there's a lot to talk about and a lot to unfold with that SECURE Act uh, that was signed as the Uh, Sam said just before the new year, bringing uh, some big changes for uh, ladies and gentlemen in our audience in every phase and stage of your retirement planning. So uh, just in case you missed it, uh, don't worry. We've got the highlights for you. So let's talk about this. Uh, First of all, uh, Sam, the enrollment applies only to new 401K and 403B plans that are established after the legislation is enacted into law and it is now and i'm happy about it because i don't have to take rmds next year like i would have had to i'm going to wait another year but that's another story uh but let's uh, do the catch-up part of it again if you've got a 401k and you've got a catch-up uh uh, provision at the age of 50 and over tell us about that
0: yeah so so all of the the catch-up provisions that we've always known in the past those are going to remain in place for those that we would call in the financial red zone basically those of you age fifty through sixty one the catch-ups are all the same but there is an increase for those who are age sixty two to sixty four and that annual catch-up is going to increase to ten thousand dollars starting in two thousand and twenty four so the higher limit is also going to be indexed for inflation for later years as well and then in two thousand twenty three any catch-up provisions that are going to an employer sponsored plan for people over a certain income level, will be made to Roth accounts. Under former rules, we could put that into either pre tax or a Roth if it was permitted by the plan sponsor, but the rules are going to change a little bit. The dollar amounts are going to change a little bit as to how much can be put into pre tax and at what point it has to go into a Roth account. Um, so, uh, under the Secure Act of 2.1, uh, individuals 650 and older. Uh, could get an additional thousand dollars uh our under secure act 2.0 there's a thousand dollars for individuals 50s and older and then uh, it also will index the limit to inflation starting in 2023
1: all right i guess the biggest thing too when you talk about that catch-up for the roth going into the roth mandatorily is that if you make over 145 thousand dollars a year uh those are the provisions starting in 2023 uh to put it into the roth which is interesting because had they done that years ago I'd have been a lot happier, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, you sure. know, a lot That's of people, people in my age group in the early 70s or late 60s now uh, would have been a lot happier. But, Andy, let's talk about uh, other things uh, like the RMDs. I know a lot of people that uh, are uh, in our audience are already retired, have to take those uh, requirement distributions. They still listen to this program, but they've reduced the penalty for failing to take them. Let's talk about it.
2: Well, it's sort of interesting. It's like, where are they getting us somewhere else? Because they never reduce penalties if they can get more money out of us. So, yes, a tax penalty of 50% for a failure to take your required minimum distribution is now reduced to 25%. So, for all IRAs, the tax is further reduced up to 10%, and reduction is effective as of the bill's signing. So, I don't don't know why they did that, but I think it's interesting because they never reduce penalties or anything that they could get more money out of us, so... I don't, I don't know, but I guess that's good. If you forget to take your RMD, then it's, it's less now.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and then, Luke, about the minimum mandatory distribution age when we talk about these uh, uh, RMDs, uh, what accounts do they apply to?
3: Yeah, you were talking about this, Chuck, that you're you're not going to have to take your required distribution this year. You, you're going to be able to delay it. So instead of 72 being the magic age, it'll now be 73. And they're actually looking in the future down the road to increase the age um, to maybe even 74, 75 as time goes on. But when we're talking about a required minimum distribution, that's what I know it as, an RMD. Um, but there's a lot of other language around minimum mandatory distributions and all this sort of stuff. It'll always be an RMD to me. We have to focus on the traditional IRAs, SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, of course, rollover IRAs because it has that IRA in there, and then most 401Ks and 403Bs. All those accounts are pre-taxed, so you've got to take those mandatory distributions out. If it's got Roth in the name or it's individual or brokerage, you don't have to worry about a mandatory withdrawal on those.
1: Okay, it's very interesting because uh, when you look at uh, required minimum distributions, there is now, Sam, going to be some other requirement, and that is uh, taking uh, your 401k and automatically being enrolled by your company. Let's explain that to uh, our listeners.
0: Yeah, and that one is, it's actually a little confusing, and I think you'll probably see challenges on this, but as it's it's worded right now, uh, any new 401k plan, so this doesn't apply again to ones that are existing, but if a new 401k plan were to start, the employer is required to automatically enroll employees in that 401k plan at a rate of at least 3% but not more than 10 percent so it doesn't make any sense it almost is like it's saying that the employer uh... has to contribute at least three percent to uh... a plan regardless of whether the employee does um, i can see some uh... some nasty things happening with that simply because now you've put another burden on top of the employer to fund a retirement plan. It's almost like they're trying to uh, make a 401k plan be a pension plan at the same time. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, We'll see how long that stays in place uh, and if that gets some court challenges. But if it's a business with 10 or fewer workers uh, and new companies that have been in business for less than three years, uh, they're excluded from the mandate. So um, one of the things about this, Chuck, that we need everybody to remember on the Secure Act 2.0 is that for the vast majority of the people that we would be speaking with in our in our audience we're going to be talking to you about required minimum distributions and maybe catch-up contributions i know that the, the vast majority of you are are you know not in a new 401k plan but um There's some really obtuse areas to this thing that uh, makes it even more complicated than it's ever been. I don't think that this simplifies 401ks or distributions or contributions or anything to any degree at all. It actually just adds multiple additional obtuse layers of complication to it. Uh, But we do have the questions for you on Secure Act 2.0, and we can certainly help you with that.
1: Well, the one question I've got since uh, I just uh, divulged to our audience that I'm in that uh, group that will be affected by a later RMD. I just turned 71, so uh, I now uh, don't have to worry about taking RMDs to 73. But Sam, that table is going to change, right? Percentage-wise, I'm still going to have to put more money in when I turn 73 as an RMD, or claim. you know, I have to pull out more of a yeah. I'm sure they're going to revise those tables. Is I guess what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that that table has always been based on life expectancy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's uh, it. Actually, just got revised here uh, not too long ago. Well, with the the last with the last Secure one, two thousand and nineteen, to kind of reflect current. Uh, current insurance lifetime tables at this point because it was uh, it was decades old uh, and it was very very as you can guess with anything that a politician or a bureaucrats handling it was hopelessly outdated <laughs> but that did get updated in 2019 uh, I don't know if we'll see an update on that because there have been no new updates on insurance life expectancy tables but yes Chuck you're going to see that so folks do remember that is that you get to put off taking this money out of there for a longer period but it in no way shape form or fashion changes the amount you have to take out. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to increase it because mm-hmm. if it's growing in value and you're taking it out later, you're going to take it out at a lower life expectancy, which just raises the amount you got to pull. So Other than kicking the can down the road, I mean, that's all this is doing is just kicking your required minimum distribution can down the road. Uh, It's still a conversation that we have to have because, as you know, we talk about it frequently on this show that that IRA or 401k that you're setting on that's worth three quarters of a million or a million dollars, that thing is the most massive ticking atomic time bomb that you've ever had in your life. It's, It's going to explode on you at some point the taxes are going to be absolutely obscene that you're going to pay on that. Some of you are going to sacrifice probably 35 to 50 percent of the savings just back to to the state and the federal government in taxes. So just because you can kick the can down the road on this required distribution doesn't mean that you should. So make sure we're having that conversation about that. Should you delay taking money from the IRA or should we be actually spending some of that money in a known tax environment?
1: Yeah, very good point by you uh, on that, Sam. And the way you can discuss that uh, with the great folks at Dual Financial Strategies, because this is important uh, because it mitigates taxes, uh, and they're the ones that can help you with that in their fiduciary stage, is 866-203-7486. That's where you get that no-cost, no-obligation assessment of your situation uh, in retirement with the SECURE Act 2.0 and uh, all the other changes that are going to be made uh, to your retirement plan. Now, it's 866-203-7486. Andy, we're going to wrap up this segment by, uh, again, some of the changes in the uh, secure 2.0 legislation that was just recently passed about two, three weeks ago uh, with the tax and penalty free rollover. Now, if you've got a 529 plan, you can roll it over to a Roth now uh, and tell us about the parameters there uh, from a tax and penalty standpoint.
2: Well, this is an interesting one. So, Beneficiaries of the 529 college savings accounts are permitted to roll up to $35,000 from a 529 plan in their name to a Roth IRA. So rollovers are subject to IRA annual contribution limits and are available for 529 accounts, which have been open more than 15 years. So rollovers are permitted starting in 2024. Let's not make this any more confusing than we can but it is an interesting change.
1: All right, so Sam, uh, again, you're at people's uh, disposal to be able to explain this to people, right?
0: Yeah, it's we spent a lot of time with Secure Act 2.0. We've been watching and talking about it on this program and other radio shows. Uh and it's it's here now, it is official. Uh there are some beneficial things in there, but again, is it beneficial within the context of what you need it to be? give us a call. Let's get together. Let's do that retirement lifestyle review. And let's just make sure that if you are pending retirement, or if you're already in retirement, and this is having some effect on you, let's sit down and talk about it to find out what is the best way for you to go about it to make sure that your retirement lifestyle is met.
1: All right, and it's very easy to do that. As I said, it's 866-203-7486. That's the phone number to reach uh, Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies to get that retirement lifestyle review uh, that he is talking about. And the best part is when you make that phone call, that uh, initial meeting, no cost, no obligation. You want to find out if you can work with them? They want to find out if they can work with you to know all the parameters. Here in the Fox Valley, whether it's the Green Bay office or the Appleton office, it's all about your retirement. It's
0: 866-203-7486. Got to take a break, Sam. What's coming up next? Well, what better way to start 2023 than by investing in yourself and your financial future? Coming up next, we outline some simple tips to help you on your financial planning journey for 2023 and beyond.
1: Welcome back to Your Retirement. Chuck Caton here along with Sam Duell, Andy schooler Luke Van Ubel of Dual Financial Strategies with over a score of years of experience uh, in the realm of uh, retirement planning because it's all about you and it's all about you in the Fox Valley uh, anywhere you're listening to us uh, in our audience and it's 866-203-7486. And, uh, well, a brand new year marks a a fresh new beginning uh, with... uh, uh, the new year also comes some uh, resolutions. Have you broken some of your uh, diet resolutions that we wonder uh, to save money, to work out, to maybe quit smoking, uh, lose weight, or uh, get, uh, you know, uh, have that courage to ask your boss for a raise or a promotion? And the list goes on and on from there. Yet around 75% of New Year's res and I'm surprised it's only this much, only 75% of New Year's resolutions are abandoned. Uh, by February. What do you think of that, Sam? I guess the the best way to uh, prevent this phenomenon of resolution fatigue is by using a systematic approach. And with that in mind, we're going to start with a 2023 financial planning checklist, and we will not procrastinate. We will not abandon this by February. Right, Sam? You've yeah. got to learn from what happened in a tumultuous 2022.
0: Yeah, and and this is something that we suggest that all of you do, whether you're retired and drawing income or you're not, or especially for those of you that are right on the cusp that are going to come in this year and talk to us about retiring within the next couple of years, you need to sit down and make an honest, well-thought-out end-of-the-year review of your finances and your financial plan for the year that was. Did you fit within the perimeters of it? Did you fit within it in the most detailed manner possible? So, set down a lot of people. An easy way for you to do this is to simply gather together your uh, credit card statements. A lot of our bills that we pay today um, are paid via credit card, and many of the credit cards you can get a year end summary that will show you just what categories you spent money in. So, get a year end credit card summary. Get uh, your checkbook out, do all of those things, and take an honest look at it. Were you able to stay on budget? Did you honestly and sincerely, telling yourself the truth, did you stay within your budget, or did you creep out of it, or was it less than what you thought it was going to be? Were you spending more than you planned? If you were spending more than you planned, you need to account for that going into retirement. That's one thing that you can't do. When you put in a retirement income plan, you got to be on a retirement income plan, especially if you're going to push the boundaries of it. Were you able to contribute to to retirement and savings accounts like you planned? If you're still working, did you put as much into your retirement account as you wanted to? I know 2022 was tough because you put it into the retirement account only to watch it disappear out the next the side of it the next day because of the market, but you still have to stay on that systematic savings approach. Do you have your emergency account funded? Did you pay down any debt in 2022? Were you able to do that? You know, as interest rates start to rise, if you are having something that is uh, rising in interest rate, all of a sudden that, you know, that adjustable rate mortgage or whatever has cruised up to seven eight nine percent in interest well you might want to look at paying that down and did you have any unexpected expenses that set you back in the past 12 months and if so how prepared were you for those expenses
1: all right all great questions Andy the right there that Sam outlined so to ameliorate the situation what do we do for the year ahead I guess uh, you better draft a budget.
2: Well, I always seem to get this B word. Gosh, I don't know what that is. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> well, yes, it's better than a five it, letter
1: B word. Well, I know. At so least you're not the B it's lady. The six.
2: <laughs> <laughs> true. True. Um, I guess it's a six letter word. It's there a six letter B word. Yeah. So budget it is. That's what we're talking about this morning. Um, so what do you want to save for 2023? What? You know, have you assessed what kind of contributions you plan to make for your retirement savings and investment accounts like let's strategize let's help to clarify how much you need to save to reach your target retirement income, because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about income versus expenses. Bottom line, it's the same thing you've been doing for decades. We just need to do it based on where you are today, so pre-retirement, and then what you're going to be post-retirement. And I know we can't necessarily say with total certainty how much you're going to have to spend out or what things are going to come up in your life that you have to spend on. But those are always things that you can look at your roof and go, yeah, we'll probably need a new roof in the next 10 years. We'll you know, probably need another car somewhere in there. We'll probably need something. But essentially, where are you at in your life? Have you paid off your house? Is it almost done? Did you refinance at a low interest rate? I mean, these are all questions that we go over. These are all things that we need to address. Are you going to drop your house payment when you go into retirement because you're paid off at that point in time? So that frees up some money. Do you have debt in other places that is more expensive? I mean, if you look at credit card statements today, the banks are certainly not paying us any interest on our savings accounts, but they are more than happy to charge us Pretty excessive rates on new mortgage, um, credit cards, home equity lines—all have had and significant increases from the bank's perspective. So they're making money, but they're paying us little. So just make sure that when you're going through your budget, that you are thinking about and documenting. If you need um, a budget, you know, memory jogger, or you need a budget sheet, we have those on our website that you can go in and grab and print off and uh, work off of, so that you've got some. Help because you do forget about things, and that's where you know Sam said earlier get out your credit card statements if you're an online bill payer, get out your um, online account because it's pretty easy to go into either statements online or go into your bill pay, and you can look at history. And just see what you've been spending money on and and how much that's going to take and if there's going to be changes when you go into retirement.
1: Very good advice uh, from Andy Schooler there of Dual Financial Strategies. It's 866-203-7486 to get that good salient advice about your retirement, especially as we head into 2023. And Luke, uh, again, when we look ahead to this year, uh, with all the resolutions we have to make, we have to be also resolved not to pay Uncle Sam or Aunt Wisconsin any money more than we have to so you have to create a tax plan for this year and your future financial goals right
3: yeah that really is key Chuck I mean you talk about this year and and really the future because tax planning is not about just this year that, that's tax preparation. That's taking the numbers. That's what we're all going to be in the midst of doing right now and recording those in a program or having somebody do that for us. But proper tax planning is thinking ahead to the future. What is your income going to look like four years from now? What is your income going to look like eight years from now when you're forced to take mandatory withdrawals every year on a growing retirement account where your life expectancy is getting shorter? So you've got to pull more money out of there. We've got a lot of clients and listeners that have significant portions of their money in these pre-tax accounts. So if you are not tax planning right now for your future, you are missing the boat because required distributions are taxed, Social Security for the vast majority of these is going to be taxable. If you're fortunate enough to have a pension, that's going to be taxable. If you've got a spouse working, you're working part-time, these are all taxable things. So you can see how this all Adds up. And one of the primary reasons that families come and sit down with us, one of the primary comments that I hear from the retirement courses that I teach is that, Luke, I wish I would have learned this information. Primarily, they're speaking to the taxes five years or 10 years ago, because the sooner you start to know it, the sooner you can start to take advantage of the relatively low tax environment that we're in today and plan systematically for it.
1: Absolutely. That is a tremendous amount of uh, good, uh, knowledgeable advice because tax planning is the key to a successful retirement. As Sam said, you don't want uh, 25, 35, 40 percent uh, of your retirement income uh, just blown away, never mind what the market does. And also uh, another component of this, Sam, is to get a jumpstart on Social Security uh, for your financial plan, because that's part of your plan. That's the the little uh, quote unquote free pension that the, the the government gives you.
0: Yeah, well, not so you free. You know, not <laughs> not so free. I mean, you, right, and you can explain you, why you funded half of it, and your employer funded the other half of that's it. Right. The government, in reality, uh, has never funded one. Thin dime of your Social Security. As a matter of fact, all the government has done is squandered it and Mm. robbed the Social Security pot and filled. Well, that's a downer. So
3: and continue to tax you on (laughs) it. But it's it's true. true. That is true. It's true.
0: true. Yeah. But the way that you find out what you have in your Social Security account is to go to the website, and that is just www.ssa. Dot gov. So Social Security Administration, SSA.gov. You can put in there front slash my account. That will take you to a site where you can sign up for seeing your Social Security. And it is a very, very good website. So we we recommend that everybody do this, but especially those of you that have hit that financial red zone. it Go in there and, and take a look at your earnings. Because all of your Social Security benefits are based upon what your fast earnings have been. Take a look at your earnings. Make sure that they are correct, um, especially the last 20 to 25 years. Make sure that that what has been put in there, because those are your key earning years. Those are the ones that contribute the most towards the, the amount that you're going to get. So make sure the earnings are correct. Look at this on an annual basis. Pull that statement. You may have noticed they don't send these out to you every year like they used to. You have to go onto that Social Security website to look those up and to pull all of the data. But make sure the information is correct you will see the updates on an annual basis as to how much you're going to receive uh, it will help you with your planning process and when the time comes you can also sign up for Social Security on this website which is quite an easy simple straightforward process so anything that we can do to make this easier for you we will but that's uh, ssa.gov front slash my account get that Social Security account set up and make those documents with you print out a copy of that most recent one when you come in to visit with us so that we can have an honest, intelligent, uh, informed conversation about your Social Security benefits.
1: Absolutely. And then, yay, three days ago, I got my 8.7% increase. How about yeah, that? That's, <laughs>
0: that? That finally just hit the checkbook
1: for people. There you go. So no matter what your financial goals are, write them down, identify the steps you still need to take in planning your financial future, and don't be afraid to ask for help. And that includes uh, dual financial
0: strategies. Right, Sam? that is going to be the big component for you and really what we want to do folks is just sit down and make sure you're headed in the right direction you know you may decide that uh, the direction that you want to go involves us and includes us in your future planning life that's great we would love to be a part of that we'd love to be uh, a a company working for you to help you achieve your goals but if nothing else i know a lot of you have questions i know a lot of you have come through 2022 and you are um grossly disappointed in your advisor because many of you had an advisor that was all over you when the years were good. Oh, let's invest more. Let's move money from here to there. And now for the last 365 days, while this market literally imploded, you've heard nothing. It's like they just vaporized off the face of the earth. If that's not okay with you, if you're not okay with having somebody bragging about themselves and telling you how great that did during the good years, and then they totally disappear... When you really, really need them the most, give us a call. I think you'll find out Dual Financial Strategies is different. And I think you'll find out that you'll benefit from being in the uh, surroundings of a firm that focuses on your retirement and your lifestyle.
1: And it's easy to reach uh, Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies. It's 866-203-7486. That's where you can make your no-cost, no-obligation phone call to get an appointment to meet with them and get that retirement lifestyle review that is oh so important. Once again, it's 866 866- 203 203 7486, Dual Financial Strategies. And of course, uh, they are there for you. They're fiduciaries who have your best interest in mind. It's all about you and your success with their over 20 years of experience in the retirement realm. Sam, we've got to take a break and uh, we're going to separate fact from fiction next, aren't we?
0: We are. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces that need to be considered in your retirement planning journey. And it's important to separate fact from fiction. Coming up after the break, we're going to help dispel some of the most common financial planning myths.
1: We're back on Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton sitting in with Sam Dool, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel of Dool Financial Strategies, uh, where they can give you that no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review to go over your retirement. Remember, it's 866 866- Two zero three seven four eight six. no cost no obligation sit down with them make that appointment whether it's in the appleton office the green bay office and uh, of course when you're listening to us in the fox valley it's dual financial strategies d u e l l it's a challenge to spell And it's also a challenge for me to navigate the complex and unpredictable financial road trip that we take on our journey to and through retirement. I know I've gone through it myself uh, and living in a world where misinformation and disinformation run rampant. Uh, We thought it'd be helpful to uh, clarify the biggest misconceptions that are associated with uh, retirement planning. So we're going to dive in and do some myth-busting, shall we, Sam? Uh, All right, fact or myth. Uh, I can uh, just borrow money from my 401k account if I need to. Is that uh, good or bad or uh, mythical or uh, factual?
0: Well, the first thing that we would say when you're dealing with pulling money out of a 401k account before retirement is just don't. Get the money somewhere else. You're absolutely you are you're blowing a huge hole in your own foot uh, by doing that because you're putting you're pulling out money that is supposed to be for your retirement years down the road. There are certain scenarios and certain uh, life situations where you could borrow money from a four hundred one k. You are expected to pay that back. Uh, it's necessary to pay that back actually, but if you're just pulling money out of it, if you're just taking money out. And you're not 59 and a half. You're going to get a 10% penalty for that. You're going to get penalized 10% by the federal government. You're going to get penalized three and a third percent by the state of Wisconsin so we're over 13 percent now and then you're going to pay all of the taxes on that money coming out of it so let's just say that you're in a twenty two percent federal bracket and you're in a five percent state bracket what are we twenty seven percent plus thirteen percent is what Mm forty so now you're at forty percent so this is talk about you're not borrowing money (laughs) you're basically killing yourself you could go to a to a high interest loan And you ain't going to pay 40% interest on it, you wouldn't think. But we tell people if there's any, any, any way possible to not touch that 401k, leave it alone. That is not for present expenses. It's for future expenses.
1: All right, so you've got an example here. If you were to borrow fifteen thousand dollars from your four hundred one k, what would happen?
0: Well, you got if you're going to pull it out of there, that you just withdraw the money, and you're not a. It's not a, uh, a qualifying withdrawal. You're probably going to have to pull close to twenty four thousand dollars just to net back to fifteen, because remember, you have to account for all of these other things that you're going to have to pay. Uh, so, you also are now, uh, you know, you've jumped onto the wheel of losing time, because let's say that you pull that. That fifteen thousand dollars out of there well how much are you contributing to your plan mm-hmm. you know if you're only contributing let's say you're contributing five thousand dollar or five hundred dollars a month to your plan well that's six thousand dollars a year you pulled out fifteen thousand. You just completely and totally erased over two years worth of contributions to your plan. And remember, you really pulled twenty four. And you really Re- pulled twenty four. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you you could have pulled six, twelve, eighteen, twenty four years. Four worth years. Of, yeah you pulled four years worth of contributions out. Mm-hmm. How are you gonna get that back? Yeah. You're not gonna replace that money. You and I both know that if you gotta have that money today, you ain't gonna have it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, anything in the world that you can possibly do to not touch that four oh one K do it.
1: All right, Andy, this is a fact or myth question for you. Uh, Some say I won't need as much money as I do now when I retire.
2: I'd like to meet that person. You know, from a standpoint of I would consider it more of a myth, if you want to live on a more rigid budget in retirement, that's one thing. Most people don't, however. And this is not always true, especially when you factor in the ebbs and flows of economy and consider the likely increase in health care costs. But for the most part, I we have yet to see people just automatically be in a lower tax bracket. Your income, I mean, let's face it, you you are living the lifestyle that you probably want to live at this point in time in your life. And so therefore having to decrease or to cut back or to do whatever is probably not on, you know, the front line that you wanna wanna do. So just make sure that you understand that most of the time you do not end up with less income in retirement. You have less expenses. things that you can write off you have um, you want to enjoy the quality of life that you want to enjoy and therefore that probably doesn't mean a cut in pay. It means probably living about the same way that you did before you retired. That's going to cost you as effectively the same thing. And taxes is really what we probably need to address.
1: Well, I always think of it this way, too. The more time you have on your hands in retirement, the more money you're tending to spend. Yes. Uh, you know, and so the, that's where we have to caution uh, pre-retirees that uh, it is not true. It's an assumption that is absolutely wrong, that you'll need less money in retirement.
2: I hear financial advisors say it all the time. yeah oh don't worry you'll be in a lower tax bracket because you'll make less for really we haven't seen it
1: no you're right and it goes back to the rmds and of course your spending habits so you have more time to spend money all right luke is this a factor A myth i don't need to save because i can rely on social security to pay for my lifestyle
3: well this is a myth uh and and for the reasons we were just talking about i mean chuck you're saying you know as as you've kind of trying out this retirement thing a little bit mm-hmm. getting closer to that, you know, we've got more time on our hands. And so if we've got more time on our hands, is Social Security really going to be enough? Because on average, Social Security is only providing around 40 percent of the income that you are earning prior to retirement. So where's the other 50, 60 percent, depending on your contributions, going to come from? Hopefully you've got some retirement accounts. Hopefully you've got some other things. To rely on, um, one of the other critical areas is having, and, and we were taught. Andy was talking a little bit about it with the whole budget and planning ahead for that, but having a grasp on your retirement lifestyle spending is a, is an absolute, so that you know going into retirement is your social security going to be enough. Look at it now, pull your statement. All right, can you live on just that? social security check every month. And if you can't, well, you've got to do some additional planning and get some help to get there.
1: All right. We've got another question for Sam this time. Is this fact or myth? You've got a plan of saving through my company's retirement plan. That's the only place I need to save.
0: Well, you know, that one's, it's kind of hard to say, but in most cases, you also want to have some ancillary funds out there. You want to have probably an emergency fund. You want to have some things like that. Uh, What we would typically recommend inside of an employer plan, if you have access to both a regular pre-tax 401k and a Roth, we would in most cases say contribute to the pre-tax plan up to the amount that the employer is going to match and then take the excess that you have and contribute that towards a Roth if you have that choice because one of the great myths is that as Andy said before oh you're going to be in a different tax bracket you're not going to even be in the same tax bracket that in most cases folks is a lie it's not true Mm -hmm. rarely rarely do we ever see anyone that drops out of a tax bracket during retirement in most cases the reality is when those required minimum distribution years kick in you're going to go up in a tax bracket or you're certainly going to go higher in the one that you're in so should you be saving other places yes you need to have choices you need to have options um, think about an HSA if you're qualified to contribute to an HSA max that thing out as much as you possibly can every year HSA's are a beautiful thing they're basically triple tax free you know, you get the same sort of tax, uh, the same sort of tax benefit going into it as you would if you were contributing to that four hundred and one k. The growth inside of it is tax deferred, and as long as you're using it for qualified medical expenses, that money coming out of it is tax free. And we really recommend this. In that last four or five years of your working years, if you've got enough money funded into your 401ks and your IRAs, well, the next most logical place to put that money is to put it into an HSA. So you need to be covering all of the bases and not just a couple of them.
1: Absolutely. And finally, Andy, is this factor myth? Well, my family's worked with the same advisor for years, so I'm sure he or she uh, has my best interest at heart. Well,
2: that's an interesting one. From a standpoint of... I just come back to, it depends on who you're working with and who they work for. So are they a fiduciary? Are they a suitability advisor? And just because your family has worked for them doesn't necessarily mean that you have the same relationship with them that your family members do. That's the one thing that you should always be comfortable with who you're working with. And so if that means that you need to do a little bit of um, interviewing on some different advisors, see if there's different strategies that you could look at, uh, we are always happy to give a second opinion. and. That is just, in our opinion, the way it should be. We think that everybody should be a fiduciary, um, but that's not the way the industry works. So... Those are things that you should check into and ask the questions. How do you get paid? Do you work for us directly? Are you a fee-based advisory firm or do you get paid sales charges and commissions? Um, Do you work for a company? And that company is what dictates the tools that that individual can utilize. If that's the case, then the company is gonna make sure that their interests are taken care of before yours. So that is always something that you need to be mindful of.
1: All right, so uh, Sam, as we wrap this up, and you can uh, tell people how you can help. Well, I want to ask you the question, what's the biggest myth you've ever seen uh, folks... Uh, need to be aware
0: of well I think the biggest I don't know if it's a myth Chuck but the biggest misunderstanding that people have and this is there's there's not even a, a close second to this is not understanding the way that uh, IRAs get taxed and not understanding the way that they get distributed uh, during your retirement not understanding the uh, the income and tax obligations that there are on those that's the biggest one and and really not understanding the uh, mathematical ratios of the ideal amounts to have inside of those qualified accounts is another big one so um, you know I wrote that book Purpose Determines Placement several years ago. We're into the second printing of that uh, offering that to anyone that wants to come in and sit down and talk with us. But I talk about that a lot in the book. I talk about withdrawals from IRA accounts, myths surrounding the way that that's going to get taxed uh, and the way that you are going to be forced to spend this money or not spend the money but pull the money out uh, and the things you can and cannot do. But that's that's the area where there's the most misunderstanding and I think that's the area where there's also the most confusion by consumers is all surrounding these IRA qualified accounts and what can and cannot be done with them.
1: And so Sam, Andy, and Luke can untangle all of that for you by you making that simple phone call at no cost, no obligation to sit down with them to talk about all these things at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And as uh, Sam said, uh, that retirement lifestyle review can come along with a complimentary copy of his book, Purpose Determines Placement. And as he said in its second printing there's a lot of wonderful information in there uh, that you can glean uh, to help you to and through your retirement so give them a call at dual financial strategies at 866-203-7486 that's 866-203-7486 fast moving show sam and now uh, one of the favorite segments of uh, you and andy and luke coming up now
0: Yeah, the listeners, uh, they they keep these questions coming, and we certainly love it. So we're going to tackle all those questions you sent to us this week when we come back.
1: We're back on Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, along with Sam Duhl, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies, where you get that retirement lifestyle review at no cost, no obligation. All you have to do is pick up the phone. Don't procrastinate. Give them a call right now. Don't tell me we had three feet of snow and we can't make it or uh, freezing rain or, you know, spring's coming soon, so don't worry. 866 Don't tell me that just because the Packers didn't make the playoffs in the National Football League that you can't give Sam, Andy, or Luke a call because it's all about your retirement. Right, Sam? And I think you're ready for the first question.
0: Yeah, unless you're planning on being a professional football player when you retire and the Packers have already extended you a contract, you're probably going to be relying on yourself.
1: Absolutely. And I won't tell anybody that I'm from Detroit, certainly on this show, because I'll have rocks thrown at me, I'm sure. I don't know
0: where you're at anyway, so that's okay.
1: (laughs) There you go. Jody's in De Pere, and Sam, uh, uh, Jody wants to know, uh, my employer just quietly decided to switch the 401k matching program uh, from a paycheck uh, that I own uh, to just one lump sum annual match at the end of the year. Uh, last year they did that. Uh, you must be an employee for the entire year to receive this employer match. They claim that uh, their reasoning was to match the climate of the market. Uh, does this? Uh, does anyone actually get their 401k matched on an annual basis rather than by paycheck? I've never really heard of it done this way.
0: No, that's uh, that's not uncommon uh, for that to be done that way, Jody. It's uh, the employer gets to decide how they're going to put their contribution into it, and uh, there are many different plans that will just make that contribution on an annual basis Uh, if you're uh, involved in something called a SEP plan an SEP self-employment self-employed pension plan uh, many times you'll only have a contribution made on an annual basis we function that way our our employees are all uh, in a a SEP plan and we just make our uh, annual contribution once a year so no that's that's not an unusual way to do it Uh, and you know, it's it, it goes both ways. Of course, there's always the argument that well, if we put that money in there every couple of weeks, we're dollar cost averaging. We're putting in sometimes when the market's low, sometimes when it's high, so on and so forth. That's a valid argument. It's also probably a valid argument to say that uh, they're going to match market conditions. Uh, I would say, uh, in reality, if we're just uh, you know. For we're speaking honestly here, I would well believe it probably has much more to do with your company's uh, profit margins and their cash flow uh, that they've switched to an annual contribution than it does market conditions. Uh, but, uh, you know, who knows? But no, that's, that's not uncommon, and they absolutely can do that.
1: All right, let's go to Matt in uh, Schwabanan. Uh, and Andy, this question's for you. I'm reading a lot about LTC, that's long-term care insurance, and I don't know if that's a good idea. So I'm asking if long-term uh, care insurance is worth it. Or should I put those funds in my personal investment uh, uh, and uh, high-yield funds if I can? I'm 40 now. I've got no kids. And uh, my uh, wife and uh, I have $355,000 saved for retirement. Is there any wisdom or insight you can give me? Thank you.
2: Well, hi, Matt. So, yes, I absolutely believe there's a place for long-term care. Now, what type of long-term care insurance you might use is what you probably need to look at. So, from a standpoint of traditional long-term care is basically a use-it-or-lose-it situation. You pay premium for your entire life. The insurance companies can raise the premium on you. Um, the, The pros are there's generally some good benefits to it, but again, they can change the premium on you at their will. So if it's a whole group of people in your age bracket on that plan, then they can raise those premiums as they wish. And we've seen steep increases in premium and long-term care programs. There is the alternative of doing hybrid long-term care and the hybrid plan still can have three and 5% inflationary riders that you can attach to it. So you can get with time and especially if you're buying them in your 40s, they would be pretty inexpensive and the premiums could never change and never go up. So you could put in less and get more because you're starting so early and likely you don't have a great number of health issues. Um, So I think that that's a really good thing to look at because then you would essentially or could be completely paid off um, before you're actually even in retirement and that can be a win-win in many, many ways. So definitely check into your options, but we are not as favorable to traditional long-term care. Um, The hybrid plans give you more access to the the benefits as well as if you don't use it for long-term care, you can use it for terminal illness, you can use it if you should pass away in a car accident, then your beneficiaries would get the death benefit. So there's a number of perks to using a non-traditional long-term care plan.
0: All right, if, let's... If uh, dying is a perk. Yeah, yeah okay. That's,
1: that's
2: <laughs> a perk good, to somebody. That's good point. Uh, as opposed to the insurance company. Yeah. Well,
1: let's go to Oshkosh now. Uh, Luke D wants to know, in the process of buying Christmas... that This is a strange one to, to me. Uh, process of buying Christmas... In the process of buying Christmas gifts for my kiddos, I found out that I had $21,000 saved in my retirement account. Now, I paid for gifts on credit cards to uh, start with and then borrowed half the money from my retirement account for paying off the cards and gifts. Was this a bad idea? I can't believe this was done, but true story.
3: Hi, D. I guess my f- my first initial reaction is holy cow. Um, you know, you you found a twenty thousand dollar account and you spent half of it on gifts, which ordinarily are discretionary in nature. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more to your story and, and why that was done. I don't know if this was a regular thing. I don't know where your income is. I don't know where your your tax filing status is. So I don't know what your age is either. Yeah, I don't know what your age is. I mean, general financial wisdom here says that uh Probably not a very good decision, um, you know. Listen to our segment, and Sam talked extensively on you know different myths. We we're talking about different myths in retirement, and certainly taking money early from your retirement account um, is not wise um, unless it's an emergency. And I don't know that, um, you know. I'm going to make an assumption here that, that gifts during Christmas was an emergency for us. Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement, really drives a lot of decisions, and I think it should and it does for a lot of the successful clients that we work with. So you have to ask yourself, what's the purpose of the 401k? What's the purpose of the retirement money? That money is there for the vast majority of people, not as an emergency fund, not as a, you know, get through Christmas fund. That money's for you down the road, And unfortunately, I mean, hopefully the gifts and the people that you spent those gifts on um, will open up their home if you need somewhere to live down the road because you don't have enough in savings or retirement. So I I think a a strategy or a recommendation here instead of that is start to budget. If you know you're going to spend $10,000 every year or or maybe you need to ratchet that back or whatever it is, whatever your goal is, set money aside every single month so that when you get to Christmas time. I mean, we know that Christmas is coming. We know that we're going to spend most likely on Christmas, so don't let it just come up and sneak up on us and say, hey, we've got this extra money, I'm going to spend it. Plan for it ahead of time um, to make sure that you've got those funds there and you're not adversely affecting your retirement and your 20 to 30 years of voluntary unemployment that's coming. All if right. You're not retired I, I,
1: I'm also surprised you didn't spend the other 11,000 on uh, Mega Millions tickets or something like that. But anyway, let's go to Billy and Kikana. Uh You've got uh, a lot of success stories online, uh, says Billy, from folks that use uh, bond annuities. But crypto seems to have made a, a big splash. So I want to know uh, which of these uh, uh, options would result in my paying the least in taxes. Is it the uh, crypto bonds or uh, other investments Uh,
0: I I guess Billy probably the first observation I would make in that is that you've heard a lot of success stories online Uh, online being the key word there Uh, success stories online are not at all uncommon Uh, these uh, wonderful success stories in person uh, are quite a different matter Uh, as a matter of fact uh, we are still waiting Still waiting for the first person to walk through our office doors that has indeed made a big splash or has been successful with cryptocurrency. Uh, Maybe. Some of those folks online are one of them, but uh, I haven't met them yet. I've yet to meet a single person that has uh, done anything significant in cryptocurrency. Uh, But the question there uh, was uh, basically which one of these would offer the best tax benefit. And the answer to that, unfortunately, is it depends. Uh, It really depends upon... um, what sort of a of an entity you're in all of these different things that you're talking about depending upon how they are held could have different tax ramifications upon them whether that be uh interest uh interest taxation capital gains taxation ordinary income taxation they all come with their own uh, their own pieces of uh, intricate taxation prospects depending upon where they're held so i would say that uh uh the 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 answer to that question would be I would have to know how they were held how long they were held what they were all of those sorts of things but um, just for clarification there is no magic bullet for taxes it doesn't exist I know you hear it all the time I know you read it online uh, but there is in fact no magic bullet for not paying taxes if it's something that is taxable, you're going to pay taxes. If it's something that's not taxable, you're not going to pay taxes. The question is, however, what level of taxes are you going to pay on it? Because that, Billy, is entirely controllable by you because that depends upon how much you make in income and what that source of income is. So we can absolutely control taxation amounts that you're going to be subjected to. We cannot uh, completely control taxation because that depends upon where it came from.
1: All right, we've only got about a minute here, Andy, for Sloan and Appleton to have uh, that question answered. If uh, my company contributes uh, a match to my IRA and I leave in a year or two, I know that the matching uh, is void, but what happens to the gains uh, from my investments? I'm weighing the pros and cons of opening one uh, through my company or on my own, so I wanted to ask, and I want to wish you a Happy New Year.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Sloan. Nice to meet you. Um, so if your company contributes a match, take the match. The other part of that is that you can contribute up to $22,500 to your plan in 2023. That is up. Compare that to if you have an outside individual IRA depending on your age. So if you're under 50, then your contribution limit is only 6500 If you're over 50, then you have a $1,000 catch-up contribution, which gets you maxed out at 7500 So if you have the discretionary income, it is far better to contribute to some sort of plan on your 401k side because the limits are much higher than they are on the outside. Now, if you are going to plan on leaving within a couple of years, then you can roll that over to your own IRA or you can roll it over to a new company 401k plan. So you have a couple of options there, but the the limitations are much higher on a 401k than they are in an individual account.
1: All right. Uh, remember, uh, it's all about you and your retirement with the, the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies. And the way you can reach them to discuss this is uh, by calling 866 866- That's 866-203-7486 because it is your retirement and it's a no-cost, no-obligation assessment of your situation when you sit down and uh, discuss things with Andy or Luke or Sam and uh, they'll be giving you uh, the right advice as fiduciaries who uh, put you in front of everything else. Well, it's been a great show, Sam. Your final thoughts.
0: Appreciate everybody tuning in. We uh, love getting your input on the show and providing information. We'll catch you here next weekend, same time, same place.
3: Investment Advisory Services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin-registered investment advisor dual financial strategies does not provide legal or tax advice investment advisor representatives of the dual financial strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered insurance and annuity products are sold through dual financial
0: strategies